Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. It's good to be back. It's good to be home. Yeah. My goodness, I missed uh, being here at church. Uh, For those who do not know, I was in Manila, the Philippines. I had two culture shocks coming back home. I came from extreme hot to extreme cold. And also, what is this load shedding thing that we have? (laughs) Anyway, so uh, I also felt like my script is being wrecked through that worship. So I think we should just take time and pray for ESCOM right now. (laughs) Let's pray in the Spirit for a little bit. If you can pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit, or pray in your home language, pray in a language that you're comfortable, we're just going to let the Holy Spirit minister right now. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Minister to us, Lord. Lord God, a number of us may be disgruntled, angry, aggrieved with the state of the nation. When I come to you, God, and say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Even as we're singing that song, we give you all the glory. We want to say that everything we say and do must give you glory, Father. Lord, we do not want to take any of your glory, but we give you glory in Jesus' name. Father, we also pray that the promises you have for South Africa are yes and amen, Father. That the promises will come, Father. They will come. Though they tarry, they will surely come, Father God. The prophecies that have been spoken over this nation, South Africa, we say, God, they will come. We choose to believe that they will come in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we believe and we choose to believe in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. amen. So friends, I have uh, uh, two things I want to share with you before we go into the Word today. Uh, I want to just share something that happened this last week, uh, which was so amazing. We had our holiday club. And at the holiday club, we have kids, we have teens. Uh, what was amazing is we had 81 kids at this holiday club. And 2018s who were saving at the holiday club. Now to have 100 kids for a whole week, it's revival. So those that were saving at the kids and uh, holiday club, just raise your hands and wave. We want to say thank you, those who were saving. Those who were saving. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it for saving. And uh, I want to just uh, give a shout out uh, to my two daughters, Zinzi and Rory. You see them over there. So for them, this last week was not uh, a school holiday for them. It was a study break because they're starting exams tomorrow. So they were only supposed to come on Monday, and then the rest of the week they were supposed to study. But Monday was so good that they negotiated with their parents that they will come in the morning and study in the afternoon. (laughs) And guess what? They did exactly that, plus they invited our neighbor's son to come to the holiday club. We've been praying for the neighbors for two years. Now we've got a foot in the door. The neighbor's son came and he said, church was so much fun. I didn't know that church can be so much fun. I was saying, thank you, Jesus. We're getting there. Amen. So friends, I want to tell you those people you're praying for, 
Maybe family members that are not yet saved continue to persist in prayer because God hears and answers prayer. Amen. So uh, I'm so proud of uh, my girls. Uh, they were in the first service. Uh, if you go to the next picture, uh, this is me in Manila in the Philippines. Uh, yeah, you can see there, top left, uh, that's the Every Nation building there. And then inside, that's how it looks like. That's the, where they built for the seminary. So we now have Every Nation Seminary. We had 62 students from 27 nations. Talk about diversity. One of my highlights was in the mornings, we'll have 10 minutes of waiting on the Lord. And then the, the rest of the time, we pray before we go to class. But when we were worshiping, it felt like heaven on earth. You experience heaven. I mean, you, you, you're fellowshipping with a brother from Hong Kong. You're fellowshipping with a sister from Myanmar. You're fellowshipping with people from Lima, Peru. It was just so amazing to worship God in that nature. And then also the classes were so enriching and amazing. I want to just share one more story. If you see down there, uh, Pastor Steve Morrell, who is now Dr. Steve Morrell, because he wouldn't teach us at seminary without having that title, Dr. Steve Morrell. <laughs> he needed to finish his uh, doctoral studies first. Uh, he's standing there with uh, Pastor Ronnie Amanya, who's our pastor in Uganda, Kampala. So while we were there, as we were arriving on the day that we arrived, Pastor Ronnie was detained by immigration officers. Now you can imagine uh, a brother arriving and they ask him, how much money do you have on you? Being a pastor, he's so honest. He said, I only have 50 US dollars. And they say, that's not enough to stay for the rest of your time here. We're sending you back home. They literally wanted to deport him. But then we remembered Acts chapter 12. When Peter was in prison, the Bible says the church of God prayed to God and he was released out of prison. So we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the next morning, Ronnie was with us in the class. <laughs> Praise God and he still answers prayers today. Amen. You can imagine I had a moment of being unhappy with the system, you know, like the, the hardships of an African child, that he was the only one who was detained. But I believe that things will change and change for the better. Amen. Amen. One more thing that I want to share with you as we go into the Word today, as we're going to talk about persistence in prayer, I want to see how many people are disgruntled with the state of our nation today. You can just be honest. This is a safe space. For those online, it's okay to raise your hand at home and say, I'm disgruntled. Okay, let me accommodate some of you. For those of you who are aggrieved by the state of the country, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, I'm trying to just accommodate you. I'm, I'm coordinating everyone. All right, how many of you are actually angry? Yes, okay, I'm not the only one. Thank you, especially the young people. Like, guys, you're messing our country, you know. The reason I start with asking these questions is uh, not only load sharing, but also what is happening with our president. And I know some of you may have thought that he is the savior of our country. God has a way of reminding us that there's only one savior. That is Jesus Christ. That is Jesus Christ. And I don't know fully the story of what's happening with our president, 
But one thing for sure is God has a plan for our nation. God has a plan for our nation, and we are going to continue to pray for our nation and trust God that things will change and change for the better. Can I hear amen to that? Amen. amen. As I go down to get uh, the clicker, because uh, when you get to my age, you forget. There you go, I found it. So, as we go to the scripture, open with me, Luke chapter 18. We're reading Luke chapter 18. The parable of a persistent widow. Last week, Chantel shared with us so well about partnership with God in prayer. How do we partner with God in prayer? Today, we're looking at how do we pray persistently? How do we pray prayers of persistence and believing and trusting that God will hear our prayers and answer our prayers? So I'm reading from verse 1 of Luke 18. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. And he said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterwards he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? The Lord bless the reading of his word. So friends, from this text that we've read, there's a couple of things that I want us to look at that I believe will encourage your faith, especially with what you may be going through personally or what you may be going through uh, uh, in your family, in your community, in our nation, in our city, that we can be able to say, even though we've experienced loss, even though we may be disappointed, even though we may have experienced rejection, we're going to pray and believe that God will change things for the better. We are going to speak about persistence through consistency in prayer, contending in prayer, and confidence in God. So from what we have read, verse 1 starts by saying, I like how Jesus gives the purpose to what he's about to explain. He starts with the purpose of the parable, and he says, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. There are a couple of words that speaks to me there. He says they ought to always pray. Did he say sometimes? Did he say when you wake up and you feel good? Did he say only when it's a time of fasting and prayer? What did he say? Always. Remember Apostle Paul writing to the Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, it says, pray without ceasing. So when Jesus said, 
you ought to always pray. He was simply saying, guys, it's not so much how long your prayer is. It's you staying connected to the Father 24-7. Finding ways to connect with the Father while you're walking during the day. Finding ways to connect with the Father while you are cooking, finding ways to connect with the Father while you're washing dishes in whatever you do, that you are praying without ceasing, that you are constantly connected to the Father. Let me tell you one of the things, I went through a season where I could not sleep at night, you know, something they didn't tell me, Pastor Greg, when you become senior pastor of the church, you can't sleep at night. You know, like I went through a season where I couldn't sleep. But my friend, Pastor Eric Bopatel, he'll be preaching in two weeks' time. He said to me, you know, Sai, when the devil wakes you up in the middle of the night, you must pray because next time he's not going to wake you up. <laughs> you know, I started praying. If I'm up at 2 a.m. and I couldn't sleep, I'll go, Korababashanda, Rebeseke, Rubashakarabashanda. If you don't know that, that's praying in tongues. When you start praying, Connecting with the Father 24-7, that insomnia is going to go. The devil will stop waking you up because he knows what's going to happen. He knows what's coming your way. You'll be praying for the neighbors. You'll be praying for your colleagues. You'll be praying for their salvations. The reason I am so passionate about this topic is because the church is no longer praying. And the Bible said, my house will be called a house of prayer for all the nations. Thank you, Tiam, for always reminding us to pray for the nations. The house of God is meant to be a house of prayer. As I'm studying and reading about prayer, I realize that so many church activities have taken this place of prayer. Let me remind you, in the book of Acts, the Bible says they used to have an hour of prayer. It is my prayer that God will restore an hour of prayer, that on a daily basis we will take time to pray. Again, it is not how long you pray, it's your consistency in praying. It is consistency. It is realizing that I am nothing without Jesus. I need to pray. I need to pray. We were in our connect group on Thursday, and one of the guys said to me, Pastor Sai, how do you as a leader keep yourself hopeful when you see the situation the way it is in the nation? And I said, I do one thing, I pray. And that's what keeps me hopeful. Yes, we look at history, how when World War II had happened and people left uh, Europe, people left different parts of, the, of their countries just to go and seek a shelter. It is happening in South Africa today. But I want to say to all of you who are still here, who are remnants, let's pray. Let's trust God that he will change the affairs of our nation. That's one thing that's keeping me going. Even though I was disgruntled this week, I was tired, I was like, what is happening to our nation? When I prayed, hope just started rising. Hope just started rising. Jesus said, you ought to always pray and not lose heart. I like the choice of words because losing heart is being discouraged. Losing heart is like, man, I can't pray anymore. Losing heart is like, man, I've been praying and praying and praying. God is not answering my prayer. But when you read John 16:33, the Bible says, I've told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart. First he said, you lose heart, do not lose heart. Here he says, take heart, be encouraged, I have overcome the world. 
It is what we were singing this morning. Because he has overcome, because he's resurrected, he will also resurrect us. He will uplift us. What helps me is knowing that he has overcome the world. It was Bob Mumford who said, I have read the book, in the end we win. Despite all that's happening, we are going to win. I don't care what is happening right now. I don't care what is in the bank account right now. In the end, we win. We win, we win, we win. Amen. I'm going to preach myself happy just so ESCOM will know nothing will stop the preaching of the gospel. Amen. As you can see, there's a bit of anger in there. (laughs) It was Charles Spurgeon who said, Prayer is a slender nerve that moves the arm of omnipotence. Prayer is a slender nerve that moves the muscle, that moves the hand of God. If we are not praying, how can we expect revival to happen in our country, in our nation? We have to go on our knees and pray. There has never been a revival except for believers kneeling down, bowing before God and praying for revival. We have to restore the hour of prayer. Prayer has the power to change circumstances. Prayer has the power to change people. Prayer has the power to change the course of history, to change the destiny of nation. If we want to see revival in our land, we need to pray. If we want to see transformation, if we want to see corruption move away, we need to pray. Amen. Let me put it this way to you. We are so interested in the prayer being answered, forgetting that we should be interested in the one who's answering the prayer. When we pray, our focus is so much that, God, can you answer this prayer? God, can you meet this petition? But we are not interested in meeting with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me remind you that the time from when you start putting a petition to when the petition and the prayer is answered is as important as that prayer being answered. That waiting period is important because God is shaping and building character while you are waiting. But most of us, we give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. And that is going to take us to our next point around contending. But before we go there, I thought I should pause for a little bit and ask a couple in the church who have had to wait for almost 11 years believing God for a child. And in the waiting period, the challenges and the struggles they went through, the prophetic words that have been spoken, they chose to hold on to the promises of God. Can we invite Nduluma and Ochi to come and share their testimony? I hope you're going to bring the baby Ochi, if you are here with Luvisha, can you give them the microphones? Thanks. This testimony is to remind all of us that God keeps his promises, no matter how long it takes. Can we have some more lights in the auditorium, please? We want to see Luvisha as she walks to the front. (laughs) There you go, there you go. Awesome. Uh, I gave them five minutes. Let's see if they can manage in five minutes. Thanks, Pastor Sai. Uh, hello, church. Um, I don't know. I just got, like, emotional. 
as, as I was coming up. Um, so let's see how this, this goes. If, if I blow it, I'll hand the mic over to the wife. Um, all right. Um, hmm. So, hey, hi, babes. How's it? <laughs> uh, I had to sit here because she was at the back. Um, okay, so I've known this beautiful babes for, um, I don't mind saying this, I, I, I turned 43. I know I look 28. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I've, I've known her since she was 16. She's three years younger than me. She turned 40, uh, and she also looks amazing for 40. But uh, uh, I've known her since she was 16. I was 19. Um, so I made my move, and I was a holy man even then. As a man who was saved at the time, and so was she. Um, so this is also massive friendship here. Uh, 24 years of just walking together. We've been married for 12 years. Um, we had been obviously naturally believing God for a child, as when you get married, that's what you kind of just naturally project. Um, and, you know, we kind of hit snags on the way. Um, uh, she's here now. <laughs> right? Um, and I, I can't uh, truncate the story in, in five minutes. My wife will do a better job, and I'll hand the mic over to her. But I want to say that sometimes it's daunting to be put up, to be asked to do something like this, to give a testimony, because you kind of feel like a poster child of, of something, and you're going, I know everybody's struggling. Even we have struggled, and the answer doesn't always come as readily, right? So we just want to make that, you know, we're just celebrating what God has done for us. Uh, and hoping that this will be a testimony to you too. Hopefully that's two minutes. I'll hand over to the wife. She'll, she'll do a better job. All right. Uh, what's your Hi, everybody. Hi. Uh, I'm not sure how far I'm going to get. Yes, I think you should take her. Um, that's a great day right <laughs> I think even Mary took Jesus to places, and he was like, no, I'm not going to keep quiet. I'm just going to scream. <laughs> Um, but uh, thank you. Thanks, Pastor Sai, for this opportunity, though it's very daunting, as Hubby said. So um, I think I'll just speak about one, call it episode, in our quest uh, for this little one. But in 2019, um, we had decided to go the route of IVF, and um, the first IVF process had failed. And that was a very difficult thing, to get the hope and faith back to go again and try again. Um, and we managed to collect ourselves. We managed to, to, to pull our faith together. We went for the second time. And um, as things sometimes turn out, it was even more devastating than the first time around because uh, initially it looked like things were going well, but then I got very ill. Um, at certain points during the process. I had a very bad infection, and I ended up with something called septicemia, which is very uh, dangerous and potentially fatal. And initially, I was hospitalized for about 10 days. And at that time, we thought, you know, what, what is going on here? Um, we thought that this is it. 
we, things are looking positive, but now here you are lying in hospital. And ch the church rallied around, people were praying. After about 10 days, I was released. The doctors thought I was looking good. They sent me home. Unfortunately, they were wrong. Within about a week, I was back in the hospital and worse than ever. And this time, my life was basically hanging by a thread. I went in for an emergency operation. My body had shut down to the point where I don't even remember. I lost about a day of time um, from the time when I got into the hospital. I just remember getting into the hospital and sitting in the foyer and my husband saying he's gonna book me in at the reception. And then the next thing I knew, it was almost 24 hours later. I was waking up, I was lying on one of those stretchers that they take you into the operation with it and my husband was standing over me and our incredible friend Mzamo was standing with him and each of them had one of my hands and they were saying everything is gonna be fine. And if you know me at all, you know that if uh, you tell me something like everything's gonna be fine and I don't know what's going on, I'm not gonna be like, yeah, everything's gonna be fine. It's like, what's going on, where am I? But they were exuding such an aura of peace and such an aura of calm. And they told me that it's because they had literally been praying the whole way. My husband had phoned Mzamo. Mzamo had jumped into the car with him and they had literally prayed all the way to the hospital. They continued praying until that moment when they saw me off into the, the, the theater. From there, it was a major operation. And we thought, okay, this is it. Two, three days later, I woke up and I, I had pulled through. And you know, that was the first miracle that God did, actually. And unfortunately, because of my time allocation, I do not have time to tell of uh, the, the, the moment within that where I had a conversation with God about leaving or staying. But that was quite a, a powerful moment for me as well. But I chose to stay, so here I am. Uh, but that was not the end. And I think this is where uh, the issue of persistence in prayer comes in because that was a big hurdle to get over. An operation that doctors think you're not going to survive, you survive and you think that's the end. But I actually ended up being in the hospital for about six additional weeks and during that time I had another two operations and it was basically a case of people are praying, it looks like you're getting better but actually you just get worse, then you look better, then you get worse and you know, it was a very challenging time, but the thing that stood out for me, there were a couple of things that stood out for me. One, on the topic of prayer, because that's the topic of today, the incredible way in which the church rallied around. Church family rallied around and prayed. And honestly, the number of people that were praying and the persistence with which they were praying, I eventually realized that you know what, this is actually not about me. Yeah. It's not that God loves me so much and I'm so special and he's going to make sure that I pull through. He had actually chosen that moment to do something in the hearts of so many people yes. around yes. me. And, and that's what I've heard from so many people came to me afterwards and said, I prayed, God spoke to me, my faith was changed because of you, I was challenged because of you, and I've realized that, you know what, sometimes when you're going through something, it feels like it's about you, but sometimes it's not only about you, it's actually about what God is doing through you in that moment, no matter how hard it may be. So yes, that was the one thing, how people just rallied around and prayed and how God used that moment, but the second thing was just the love 
and the encouragement of spiritual family. I mean, it got to the point where we actually had to say no more visitors because people were basically storming the doors of the hospital to come and pray with, with us. And just the prophetic words that we received. And yes, I think that's, that's as much as we have to say for now. But ultimately, we are so grateful because, yeah, God actually did what he wanted to do. And he brought this little person through. Um, she was born in December last year. And that's another story of how yeah. after coming through all of this, we had to wait. And then just when we thought we we're going to go back, COVID hits. And having to build up the faith to say, okay, Lord, We've literally got a few frozen embryos. This is a very fragile situation. And now you're asking me to go in in a global pandemic and hope for the best as well. But here we are. And God is good. Just one last thing, Pastor Saya. Sorry, guys, uh, to, to belabor this. Um, just to say that what we've learned is just that, you know, everything that we pray for and ask for is on the other side of persistence, you know? Um, we, we, the Bible says, uh, do not be weary in doing good. Uh, in due season, you will reap much if you faint not. So it's really about persisting in prayer and just, you know, and then the grace of God carries, carries you to the end. So thank you. Thank you. Well done, guys. Well done. Yeah, you do. Well, saints, I think in that note, we can just say, Lord, answer our prayers. You know, um, I know that it's difficult when you're going through it. I remember moments when we prayed with uh, Ndu and Ochi. I remember moments when they said, we received a prophetic word. When is it going to come? I remember moments when we prayed for them, even in the service. Most of you will remember that Ndu uh, plays bass and he's taken a sabbatical. When Luisha is a year, he's coming back. I'm prophesying. Uh, but I'm just so blown away by God's faithfulness in keeping his promises. The part that we're going to talk about now will also help us in how do we wait while we are persistently praying and trusting, while we're consistently praying. So the next part in the same scripture that we read, contending through prayer, this is now... Jesus speaking about this judge. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected men. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him. Emphasis is the widow kept coming. The widow did not just pray once, did not ask once. She kept coming and saying, give me justice against my adversary. The widow kept coming. So my challenge to us this morning is we give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. The question is, what is the Lord calling you to contend for in prayer? Whether personally, whether in your family, whether in our community, whether in the city, or whether in the nation. There's so many things that's plaguing our nation that we need to contend for. Whether it's gender-based violence, whether it's corruption, whether it's education, whether it's poverty, we need to cry out to God. We need to contend. You remember the time in First Kings chapter 18 when Elijah had prayed that there was not going to be rain for three years because of something that the king had done. The Bible says when Elijah prayed for the rain, he prayed once and sent his servant to see if the clouds are gathering, nothing happened. 
He prayed for the second time, and he sent his servant to go and check the clouds. Nothing was happening. He prayed the third time, the fourth time, the sixth time, the seventh time. He sent the seven, and the seven came back. And the seven says, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. So even in our prayer and contending for these things, it may mean that we pray over and over and over again until we see our prayers being answered. Let's not give up too quickly. I don't know if you saw... A picture that was doing the rounds on uh, social media. The picture quality wasn't great to put it on the screen. Uh, two men digging for diamonds. And one of them went so close to get into the diamonds and he gave up, went home. And the other one went and kept on digging, digging, digging until he got to the diamonds. So I feel the same with us believers. We give up too quickly. We give up too quickly. Chantel, when she spoke last week, she helped us understand how God used Hannah's situation of barrenness to push her into a position of partnership in prayer towards God. So Hannah's prayer was not so much about her, her having a child. It was what God wants to do with this child. So our prayers need to get to a point where it's not so much about the prayer being answered. It's about God, what do you want to do with this prayer? I like what uh, Ochi shared, like it ended up not being about her, but it was about the church praying. It was about people praying and what God did to build faith in many of us during the time. And I want to jump to this last point, confidence in God. Please see the contrast and the juxtaposition that uh, Jesus is giving. It's like Jesus is talking about himself as God and saying, are you going to trust men or are you going to trust God? For a while, this judge refused. But afterwards, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect men, yet because of this widow, she keeps bothering me, I will give her justice. Those verses, I tabulated them here. An unrighteous judge and a righteous God. An unrighteous judge has no fear of God, no wisdom, for the Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. This judge has no wisdom, but our God is full of wisdom. In fact, he's a source of wisdom. So we do well to put our trust in God and not to put our trust in man. This judge had no consideration for people, no care for people, but our God loves us and he even died for us. This judge refused to answer and took his time to answer to this prayer. But our God listens to our prayers and he answers our prayers. His time is a perfect time. He will not delay. So let me give you a bit of theology around waiting on God. In God, delay is not denial. Most of us, we think that when God takes his time in answering our prayers, he's delaying. We're thinking that he's denying the promises that he gave us. Let me give you more of this theology. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Bible says, The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some consider or count it slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is not slow, as we may consider him to be slow. Habakkuk 2 verse 3, the Bible says, For still the vision awaits its appointed time. 
it hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, that word again, wait for it, wait for it, it will surely come, it will not delay. Can we have faith in God that God will surely come through for us? God will surely come through for us. One more. 1 John 5.14, the Bible says, and this is the confidence, what we were singing about. This is my confidence in God. This is the confidence that we have towards Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if we know that He hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of Him. God is a God who answers prayer. He answers prayer. The confidence with God, verse 8 says, I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. That word speedily troubles me because, you know, one day to God is like a thousand years. So His speedily might not be our speedily. A thousand years is like a day to God. So he's, let's go with His speedily because He's never early, but He's always on time. He's never late, but He's always on time. When the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? Persistent prayer is the only spiritual asset we have to seeing justice prevail. It's the only spiritual asset we have. If you find something else, please tell us. What I know is when we persist in prayer, we will see God answer our prayers. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's what faith is. Faith is believing. Faith is having confidence that God will see us through. As we wrap up, may we be consistent in prayer. May we contend for our nation in prayer. May we put our confidence in God and not in man. This week we are having our mid-year prayer and fasting. And I have a conviction in my spirit about the power of corporate prayer. When we come together to pray, it's not the same as we pray individually or in our homes. Someone asked me, Pastor Sai, what are we praying for this week? I said, Eskom, 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 then revival. <laughs> so I want to encourage you. It's one thing to say we're praying for the nation, but you actually never make time to pray for the nation. So we are making time to pray for the nation. So from Tuesday to Thursday, 6 to 7 p.m., we'll be together in the auditorium praying for our nation. And then we'll also have a worship night. We have Abide Devotional that is on the website, or you can grab a copy, I think it's about 30 rings, at the bookshop if you prefer to use a paper devotional. And another thing that has come as a result of the COVID season is this Zoom revival prayer that is happening every 6 a.m. online there's the ID and the passcode. Feel free to take a picture. You can join any day. You don't have to join every day. But what has amazed me with this prayer, it has birthed a prayer movement of about 50 intercessors that are praying every single morning, praying and trusting God for revival. We have people joining all the way from Botswana, Namibia, Lesotho, Eswatini, and one lady from Israel joining us every morning, trusting God for revival. And I want to encourage you, if you want to get some revival in your prayer life, just pop in there once or twice a week. You'll be amazed what it will do to your prayer life.
As we stand to pray, let us all stand. I want to just share a short story. The Moravian revival started because a group of Christians decided to pray. A group of Christians in a city town called Herrenhurt in Germany. They came together from different uh, backgrounds. It was the Lutherans, it was the Baptists, it was uh, uh, the Moravians coming together and praying. And it is said of them that there was a prayer meeting that lasted for a hundred years. Non-stop prayer for a hundred years. You go and Google it, you'll find it. And out of that prayer, missionaries were sent to different parts of the world where they preached the gospel, but it also led to the great awakening. What touches me the most about this Moravian revival is their posture when they pray. They will lie down prostrate with their face down, seeking the face of God. They chose not to put their needs before, but to seek the face of God. And as the Bible says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all your heart. That whole community became so prosperous. There was no crime. There was no corruption because they sought the face of the Lord. May this be our posture to seek the face of God for our nation and for our world. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, I pray that you will awaken a desire for prayer, awaken a desire for prayer, awaken a desire for prayer as something that will keep us going, Father God, even in the midst of the challenges we face in this world today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, I'm aware that we are out of time, but I want to give an opportunity to those who are here and you know that you're far away from God and you need to come closer to God to have Him as Lord and Savior of your life, to have a revival be birthed in your spirit. If you are here and you know you're far away from God, we want to pray with you. So as we end the service and we have a ministry team coming up to pray with people, I want to encourage you to also come and say, I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ so we can be able to pray with you. Amen.